Welcome to episode 51 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief with FanBolt.com. I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney of LastOneToLeadTheTheater.com and ATLCW.TV. And uh, we didn't really prepare an outline for today. Um, so we're just going to kind of wing, we're going to wing this. Um, so let's start off with Star Wars trailer because that was freaking awesome. And none of us went to the Star Wars celebration, which I'm disappointed in all of us for that. But, um, yeah. we all watched the trailer. Wait, wait, wait. There's a trailer. <laughs> There's got Star yeah. Wars. I, I had why hadn't the internet told me about this? <laughs> I don't know. You must've been living under a rock or something. I guess so. Speaking of rocks. Speaking of rocks, your rocks are totally in it. That was a brilliant transition. Um, So, yes, if you missed our show last week, I got Mike and Matt um, rocks from the beach at which they filmed um, episode eight. And we're just going to say that I saw them in the trailer because there were a lot of rocks in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you actually get to, like, go on the beaches and stuff and like did you recognize anything from the trailer because the trailer showed a lot of the island that i am assuming you visited um no so that's uh the island that they showed or what i think that they showed was all around skelling which is um the one that we couldn't make it on they only let people on from may 15th to september 15th Uh. um so I didn't see anything that was up at Malin Head, which I know they have a, a picture on like all of the, the bars and the bed and breakfasts and all of the any commercial place up there is like totally banking on this Star Wars thing being a huge tourism thing for them. And so they all have pictures of, um, you know, the uh, Millennium Falcon landing at the beach and Krista and I actually went in search of trying to find like that exact viewpoint and we couldn't find that exact viewpoint. Um, but we know that they shot a lot more than just that one scene up there. So, uh, the beach, I mean, like I said last week, when you're driving up and you see it, you're like, though they shot here, like they definitely shot here. And that was confirmed for us by locals, but we just don't know what actually shot there. So I'm going to I'm going to be freaking out in the theater in December when I see the beach and I see and and you guys should be, too, because your rocks are going to be there. Yes. I'm going to carry it around and hold it up to the screen trying to match. Match it. Is it this rock? Is it this rock? Is it this rock? You should totally do that. (laughs) I support that. I'll I'll buy buy my rocks and popcorn. So (laughs) it'll be like we have like cast members like with us at the theater, right? That's right. It's our honored guest. Now, yeah, I don't think we can interview them, but uh. (laughs) (laughs) probably wouldn't go that that well. But um, but yeah, that trailer looked amazing. Um, Everyone's super hyped for it. Not that they weren't already because it's Star Wars and it's yeah Star Wars. So um, everyone. That's all you need to say. That's all you need to say, right? Um, yeah. it is, and I we do have a friend that was down at the convention. Ah. Actually, I know a couple people. Yeah, there. I know. Was, uh, did you did you see the story about Henry and how uh, yeah. he wandered, literally wandered into the convention hall that had all the big uh, big guys in it, and talked his way in and getting to stay, thinking that he was just going to see a television screen of of the event, <laughs> and he actually got to experience it live. 
That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. And somehow I'm not surprised that Henry was able to to manage that. He seems to <laughs> to luck out with with things like that. Meanwhile, if I had tried to do it, it probably would not have gone as eloquently. But uh, unless it was a unless party. it was a party in which we all would have gotten in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't imagine like the feeling of being like in that convention hall at that time because you know I actually I watched the I think it was the last Jedi panel. Mm-hmm. live as it was happening when they debuted the trailer and everything and it's just star wars fandom i think is like the biggest fandom there is for every for any for anything, anything. yeah it's, it's ridiculous i would totally agree i would totally agree maybe one year maybe next year the 41st maybe next year 41st anniversary <laughs> i'll get get down there um <laughs> but yeah so that was cool yeah. Um, what else? What else is going on, you guys? Anything? I well, we all know that I am super excited for my NASCAR race experience, which uh, <laughs> kicks off um, on Friday morning. I fly in. I just got my um, my itinerary this morning, and it's like it's pretty awesome. Do um, tell. Yeah. So um, it's pretty much like all day, every day. Um, I get in on Friday morning. I have the interview with Joey Logano. Um, and then I get to go to some Cup who? Series qualifying thing. Um, we'll back up a second here. Who is Joey Logano? He's, he's one of the a, drivers. He's a driver. That's all I know See, about I him. <laughs> I don't even. I didn't even know that much. So you already know more about NASCAR than I do. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I feel like it's going to be really interesting to to see what I come out of this weekend with because I was like, what do I wear? I don't have like, I don't know what to wear to this. What do people? I don't have like. I don't know, like redneck NASCAR. stuff. I, I don't know what I wear to this. Um, so yeah, but I want to like just like fully like embrace the NASCAR culture this weekend and just like have fun with it. So it's probably going to be well, a hot th- mess. <laughs> but well, then you're going to have to drink a lot of beer. I'm going to do that. Cheap beer, I imagine. No, I don't want to do that. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, I am told that the the suite that they have us in for um, uh, or that Auto Trader has us in is supposed to have like beer and wine. So I'm probably just gonna I'm gonna have the classy NASCAR experience, and I'm just gonna be drinking wine the whole time. But there, you go. there we go. But uh, so yeah, I don't. There's like a lot of races. I thought it was just like one race, but I guess it's not. <laughs> no, they have a no. They have three. Yeah. <laughs> they have a truck race. Then, the, then on Saturday is uh, it's basically NASCAR B, um, and uh, they're, they're, the cars are not as powerful as the, NAS, as the NASCAR cars are, mm-hmm. um, and most of the drivers are getting into the business. Uh, there are some veterans that do drive in it, but, but most of the drivers are trying to get into the top-tier NASCAR. And then on Sunday, it'll be your big NASCAR event. Yeah, that's what I I saw that there's well there's a race on Saturday which is the NASCAR Xfinity Race 300 and then on Sunday is I'm guessing Food City 500 I'm guessing that's the race but I've that's the that's the big NASCAR race the other food one is City Bristol is not like well, a the, food destination is it <laughs> do, do, am I no, missing something Food City is a no yeah Food City is a grocery store chain oh okay that makes uh, more sense they're the they're the sponsor that that adds up. 
<laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> I was like, what? Tell me um, again, why isn't Mike going to this? I know, right? <laughs> because they want someone that literally knows nothing about this to like just talk on camera and make everyone laugh because I'm so oblivious to everything. <laughs> You should, like, wear the fanciest thing you have. I know. I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb. I'm going to dress like I'm going to the Masters. (laughs) And just the big hat. Or no, 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 the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, like the the steeplechase, the Kentucky Derby. Big hat. Heels. (laughs) Uh, Don't do that. I know. I'm not going to do that. They they told me that I was supposed to wear really comfy shoes. So, um... But yeah, I get, let's see, um, a full day of guided tours, pit access, driver meet and greets, um, lots of awesome food experiences, and then I get um, a radio scanner and headsets um, mm-hmm. to be able to listen to the drivers actually talk to their crew during the race. So That's correct. That's, that sounds pretty cool. Cool. That's the, that is the full NASCAR experience. Um, that's one of the things that everybody does is listen. You know, they, everybody has a favorite driver, and so they listen to that. Um, and it's, there's a lot of strategy that goes on um, because of the fact that you've got, uh, you've got to figure out when to get gas. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things is when to take pit stops. Um, and then also this, this race is trying to get things repaired because almost everybody bumps into something in this race because it is a short track. Right, right. I think that's what's probably going to be the most interesting to me is just like the uh, the strategy behind things because there is a lot that goes into that that I don't think people generally think about with NASCAR culture, like that there is a tremendous amount of strategy involved with it because it's not something... I'm, I'm judging this based on my own knowledge of NASCAR in which I didn't really... I just thought they drove around a track in a circle. So... <laughs> This is this is what I'm learning. Do you, do you get to go around in a car? In the on the t- Do they take you on a lap? That would be amazing. Probably not. Um <laughs> I that would be really cool, but it's not listed on my itinerary. So Yeah, my guess is not because um they will also have um I don't know when they do it, but they, they'll have qualifying for the races also. Right. So, and basically, that's qualifying. It also gives the drivers and the crews uh, ability to fine tune the uh, the cars to the track itself. Right. Yeah, they probably don't want a lot of extra people or activity. I I would guess on the on the course. <laughs> I'm gonna guess because I'm an expert now. I will be. I will be when I get back. You it's gonna be. be. It's gonna be awesome. Um, but yeah, so I've got that this weekend. Um, and you guys have seen, well, Mike has seen one film and Matt has seen two. I'm amazed at the fact. I've seen more than Mike. That, yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. It's like a moment that's going down in history. Um, well, I, I'm actually, am doing something on Sunday. I'm interviewing a couple of cast members and the director for the film that's coming out in a few weeks called Everything, Everything. I got that invite. I want to do it, <laughs> but you won't be I will be that, not here. <laughs> yes. We will have somebody else from Shakefire doing the interview and screening, so I will not be there personally. You know, it's just uh, Sundays. Saturdays and Sundays are like, I don't know. I just don't want to work on those days. <clears throat> well, um, Saturday I am, my station, CW69, is airing the Atlanta United game. Oh, that'll Ooh. be fun. Nice. Uh, well, fun for other people. I'll be in mass control, making sure everything runs correctly. So, 
Not fun for me, but <laughs> everybody fun else will be people. fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. We also so got it'll a be the first big event coming be the up. First, I'm sorry, Matt. We also got that big Go event ahead. coming up tomorrow. Well, it'll be over by the time this podcast hits. <laughs> What's the big event but tomorrow? <laughs> How long until Emma realizes what What's, event is going on tomorrow? Oh yeah, Project Cosplay. Oh my god. <laughs> That's on my list of like things I have to like promote today and <laughs> I haven't done it yet cuz it's my event and I need to promote it. But um thankfully other people are doing a really great job at promoting this one. Um but yeah, that's that is uh tomorrow night. Um this podcast won't come out until Friday, so it will have been last night <laughs> by the time people hear this. And it was amazing. It was so great. It was our best one yet. Yeah. Yep. I really do. You'll just have to come out next month to it. Exactly. Next month will be Wonder Woman. So um, that nice. should be a pretty cool one. Um, and we're going to have uh, Tallulah out in her full Wonder Woman uh, cosplay, which is pretty epic if you haven't seen it. She did one last year where she came um, in in the full getup, and it was pretty impressive. So that Didn't she do Harley Quinn? Was that the one? No, she didn't. Was that her? No, that wasn't her. That was Persephone. Way to go, Matt. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we have a we have a lot of hot chicks that come in costume, so it's it's understandable that you can mix them up. But um, and they're both um, they're both burlesque girls, so you're you're close. You're close. Getting there. You're getting there. Um, but I did pull up the box office results for last weekend, unlike last week in which I was totally unprepared and Mike had to grab that. So um, this week I'm prepared, and I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that Fate of the Furious is in first with $98 million. Crazy. And it was number one worldwide. Yeah. As in, it broke records. Beating out Star Wars Force Awakens. How? It'll, it'll be interesting to see how, um, how much legs it has. Um, you know, how long it lasts. Uh, I don't think... I don't think it's got a really big challenger uh, for this week. No. Um, so I, it could be a number one for a couple weeks until Guardians uh, arrives. Yeah, that's the next big um, one. Now, now here, the, the amazing thing is freaking Boss Baby it still, came in second. Yeah, it's still $16 million. That film has made $116 million, um, in its three weeks of release, which is pretty insane i don't have a budget here for it but i'm assuming it's less than 116 million because it's not monster trucks so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think we'll probably be seeing boss baby 2 in the future that's so sad <laughs> i know it's not high on my list of things to see but um beauty and the beast which i still have not seen is still hanging in there at three um fourth was Smurfs the Lost Village fifth going in style? I don't even know what that is. That's Zach Braff's uh, movie. Yeah, remake, a remake of a, a 70s film. Did you guys see it? Yeah. Yep. Was it good? I. It was okay. It All wasn't right. great. It wasn't. You didn't. You you really didn't miss anything. Good. And I'm a huge Zach Braff fan, so I probably am even having a little bias. Oh, but that's I, even I the... thought it was Okay, yeah, it's that's with Morgan the, Freeman. Morgan Freeman, and Alan yeah. Alden, okay, I remember Michael seeing the Kane. photos. I saw the photos for that. All right, I'm on. I'm on board now. I know what you're talking about. Um, cool. And then Gifted, of course, which filmed here in Georgia, came in at sixth. 
Um, it's in its second week of release, and I guess it's... I don't see a budget for that one either, but it doesn't look like it's... It got released in a lot more theaters this weekend, so... Um, it came out on... It was one of those Wednesday releases. I've never been a fan of those. Yeah, me neither. Um, but let's talk about Free Fire, which you, you both have seen, and that comes out in theaters on Friday, and I believe Mike saw it at South by Southwest and then saw it again last week. That is correct. That's I liked it that much that I saw it twice. <laughs> now, I think I liked it a lot more than Matt did. No, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Really? I mean, maybe you did. I don't know. But I thought, <laughs> like, we'll get to the ratings, of course, but... I loved it. Well, let's uh, right. let's uh, give people an overview of what it's about, and then we'll jump into our official <laughs> Atlas review. Mike, well, it, it there's not a lot to set up because um, basically the first 23 minutes. I actually looked on my watch this time at uh, this screening. Uh, the first 23 minutes is set up, and then it's 70 minutes of a firefight. Uh, it takes place in 1978 in Boston, and it's basically two gangs um, trying to do a deal uh, with involving the IRA um, and uh, uh, guns and money and things just go downhill really fast and everybody's shooting everybody else um, and that's what the film is about it's really it's a lot of fun um, it feels a little bit like um, like a Quentin Tarantino movie um, just because the characters are very colorful, um, there's a lot going on. Um, there are times when you can't tell who's shooting at who, and sometimes the characters don't know. Um, but it's just a it's just a fun ride right from the start. Yeah. Um, the biggest name in the movie is Brie Larson. Uh, we do have Army Hammer and uh, Charlita Copley is also in it. Um, but it's mostly character actors in this film. Um, but I, I, it's directed by Ben Wheatley, and I, I just loved it. Um, and when I saw it at South By, everybody was talking about it afterwards and continued to talk about it for the rest of the week. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into our official review on a scale of one to five. How bored were you? I would say zero. I mean, it's pretty much action from the get-go. Like Mike was saying, you know, there's a little bit of exposition in the beginning but then it's just non-stop action throughout so i wasn't bored at all yeah i, I give it a zero also and, and the exposition is actually quite funny there's a lot of you get to know a lot of the characters that are going getting ready to kill each other and um it's that all of them are very colorful all of them have backgrounds all of them are kind of weird guys um so it's just a lot of fun right from the start so eye rolling factor one to five. How uh, did you find certain parts annoying or over the top? I mean, the whole movie's kind of over the top, but in a good way, I would say. Um, yeah. I don't know if there was much error rolling. Maybe a one. Maybe a little bit here and there, but other than that, no. I I, I didn't I didn't have any eye rolling in it, and that and that seeing it for a second time, so I was looking for for stuff, and I. It just thoroughly enjoyed the film. Cool. Uh, so what about best performance? Was it Brie Larson or someone else? Personally, I'd give it to Charlotte Coplay. I thought he was 
the funniest. He had the the best, you know, one-liners and jokes, and I was just laughing at him most of the time. Um, Brie Larson was good. She disappears for a little bit, kind of in in the third act, and I kind of felt that kind of took away. But I mean, everybody here is great. I I really liked Army Hammer. Um, he's he's a very different character than the than the rest of them, um, in the fact that he thinks he's better than everybody else in this group. Um, so he kind of has an air about him. Um, I just thought he was hilarious. But I and then I love Brie Larson. So he has a sophistication um, to him, while everybody yeah. else is just like a thug or. Just some low-life criminal guy. Yep. What about worst performance? Hmm. I don't know if anybody was bad in it. I mean... Because, I mean, it very much is an ensemble film. And everybody has something that they do hilarious. So, I don't think I could really point out one single bad performance. Yeah, I can't. I can't either. It, there's not. There's nothing that stands out um, at all. Um, and it definitely is an ensemble piece. Um, you get to like, like I said, you get to know just about everybody pretty well in the in this whole um, clash of gangs. So no ATL recognition factor here because it wasn't filmed in Atlanta. No, and no, even and it's all. Yeah, even then, it's all basically, except for a couple scenes at the beginning, it's all in this warehouse. Um, it's all mostly in one big giant room um, with a couple of uh, instances where they go off to try to, to find some stuff in the warehouse. But other than the beginning, the movie, everything takes place in the warehouse. Gotcha. Um, so what about overall, one to five, on the official Atlas scale, what would you give this film? I'd give it a full Atlas. I liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I did. I did. I would give it full Atlas also. Um, it's, I, having seen it twice, I, I appreciated it more the second time. I knew what was coming, although I kind of did forget about the ending a little mm-hmm. bit. So that that, that kind of surprised me again. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns, and all these these guys are in this this shootout, and and Brie Larson also the woman also. They're all in it basically for themselves. So they may start on one team, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to end on the same team (laughs) by the end of the movie. And it's not this, like, gratuitous, you know, ultra-violent shootout. It's more just very... I don't know quite how to put it. It's very slapstick, I would say. Because, you know, people get shot, and there's, like, a moment of pain, but then they're, like, brushing it off and just reacting to it and just you know just trying to get get everybody else it's it's crazy it's fun yeah and they what what's interesting uh is that um when they interviewed uh um ben wheatley at south by after the film aired um he said that after the first day he had to redo everything because he figured out they'd have to shoot it in order because everybody gets so dirty that they they wouldn't be able to recreate the costumes and film an earlier scene, um, so they had to shoot it in order of, of how it how it uh, shows up on the screen. And um, Brie Larson said that 
it was one of the worst films she's ever been on because of the fact it wasn't the director was bad or wasn't the working conditions. It was that every morning she had to get into the same costume and it had not been dry cleaned. Nothing had been done to it. And it just was getting really, really grody by the end of the film. Yeah. And by the way, they're also they're also in 1970s polyester, most of uh. them. So, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of leisure suits. There's a lot of really um, very vivid shirts. Um, in fact, one of the guys uh, in the film, he keeps talking about his suit um, and how he's trying not to get it uh get it messed up well that sounds pleasant <laughs> um, <laughs> well cool so that one comes out uh, Free Fire comes out this Friday and it sounds like people should go see it yeah definitely this Friday in definitely Atlanta I know I know it's out in a few markets already actually so be sure to check you might be able to see it already <laughs> but this comes out on Friday so it will be it'll be Friday anyways but yes ah <laughs> um, so we're also going to talk about Born in China, which um, you saw this week, Matt. Is that coming out Friday it's as well? It's coming out Friday. Okay. Friday everywhere. You know, it, the, it's from Disney Nature, so most of their releases are um, released in conjunction with Earth Day. So Earth Day is on Saturday, the 22nd, so that's <laughs> as close as they could get. I love that I want to be at a NASCAR race for Earth Day. <laughs> oh, the irony. All right, cool. Um, so what is, what is it about? Give us the, uh, the description of Born in China. Well, Born in China follows the adventures of three main um, animals, animal families in China. There's um, the pandas, uh, golden snub-nosed monkeys, and then uh, snow leopards. And so it kind of, you know, it's this nature documentary basically where they go to China and they film these animals and their lifestyles. And then they kind of create this narrative story around that. Uh, for this film, they got John Krasinski from The Office, most people know him from, uh, to narrate the film. And it's just this, you know, this fun and really interesting documentary that follows these animals of course the the pandas and the monkeys they're they're the most fun to watch on screen because they're just absolutely ridiculous but um yeah it's really interesting i mean if you love documentaries if you've seen any of the previous disney nature films you know you know what to expect and it's just a fun film well cool um so it doesn't sound like you were bored at all in it um so no. one one to five, where do you rank boredom? I would say maybe a two. There were like there's some other animals that they kinda they don't have stories around them, but they're they still kinda give you the whole you know, environment, the whole surroundings. And so they right. kinda go away from them and it's they're just not as interesting as the uh the monkeys or the leopards or the pandas, you know. And so there was a little bit of boredom. What about I mean, it's still? What about what eye about? rolling? Did did they have you eye rolling at all? I would say no, no eye rolling. You know, unless it was from how cute the animals were. <laughs> That's <laughs> because, like, like it follows the families. So it's like they're it's not just pandas and monkeys and leopards. It's baby pandas, baby monkeys, and baby leopards. And of course, those are 
so much more adorable. I feel like uh, now every time I watch like a, a video of goats, which I'm completely obsessed with, <laughs> and Mike is like responsible for like continuing my addiction by posting goat <laughs> videos on my Facebook every week, um, which I love. But whenever someone is around me, I feel like they roll their eyes because I'm like, oh, my God, it's so cute. I need a goat. <laughs> There's and, and by the way, by the way, I'm a, all that stuff. I'm not looking for it. They just show up on my feed, <laughs> either sure, my Mike. Twitter feed or sure. my or my Facebook feed. Sure, Mike. So sure. goats are like super in right now. Like next year, Disney's nature film is going to be about goats. Just about just goats. wait, just wait. <laughs> Little pygmy goats jumping around. It's going to be adorable. You, you heard it <laughs> here first on the Atlas yep. podcast. It's my official <laughs> prediction. There's, um, they even threw in a. There's a red panda who makes an appearance in the in the film, which I love red pandas, so I was happy to see that. That video that was circulating last week of that one getting scared by the rock was like my favorite <laughs> thing ever. He just like walks out of like his little area and he sees this rock sitting there, and then he's just like hands up in the air, like scared of it. It's really cute. Um, that's not at all related to this movie, but it's yeah. the red panda, so I figured I'd share. But it's amazing, <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> so, best performance, would you give that to the pandas? I would give it to the pandas. I love the pandas. <laughs> the pandas are amazing. And worst performance, uh, this is, like, sad. Animals are so what? cute. <laughs> Which one are yeah, you going to give can. the worst performance to? <laughs> I'd give it to... I don't even know what the animal is called. Because um, it wasn't one of the main ones that they did the story on, but it was like this, this kind of like ram type animal. All right. I'm not sure, but like they they followed it along as like the females left to go give birth while the males stayed behind, and it was like this whole month long process, and it was it was just like yeah. Go back to the pandas, or go back to the leopards, or <laughs> I don't Fair care enough. about these these creatures. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming because it was set in China, there was no ATL recognition factor. No, no, nothing, nothing I could see. <laughs> <laughs> what about overall rating on the Atlas scale? What would you give Born in China? I'd give it an Atla, an okay. ATLA. You know, I I thought it was good, and you know it's. It's a fun film, good for the whole family, and if you do go end up going seeing it this weekend, um, proceeds from the film are going to the World Wildlife Fund. So that's cool. That's that's a nice little thing that Disney Nature is doing. Well, cool. So go out and see it. I like it. I like it. And then go see some pandas at, yeah. at the zoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then go see Free Fire. And then go see Free Fire. I like it. Um, well, there's like no way to really make a transition to our next segment. Um, we have two interviews this week. Both are from basically horror shows. Um, so from pandas to horror, um, <laughs> here on the Atlas. Um, it's very black and white. It is very black and white. See it. You're Hey-o. good at this. You're, like good, you're good at this. <laughs> um, so Bates Motel is finally coming to an end on Monday, April 24th, and it's hard to believe it's ending, and I'm super far behind on it, um, but I loved the show when I first started watching it, and I have like a season and a half to catch up on, but um, 
it was a really, really good show, and I'm excited to see how they end it. Um, I got to sit down with um, Freddie Highmore and um, Mr. Carbonell and talk about um, their experiences on the series, the most disturbing scenes that they filmed, and their kind of thoughts on um, the evolution of fandom, especially from Nestor's perspective, as he was a part of, of course, Lost, and which is, I feel like, Lost kind of hit a little bit before social media um, had really taken mm-hmm. off, so we didn't really get to see, I think, the extent of what that fandom would have been. I, I think it would have been comparable to Walking Dead, and they would have had Lost conventions, and you know, um, a lot of other things had social media been a little bit more, um, you know, uh, same kind of timeline as that show. But anywho, um, it's just a really, really good interview. It's actually one of my favorite ones that I've done. So. Uh, without further ado, here are Freddie Highmore and Nestor Carbonell talking about the final season of Bates Motel. How is the convention treating you guys? What's been like the, the most interesting moment of the weekend for you all? Oh, moment. Um, it was nice doing the panel together. The panel was really fun. Yeah. Did you get to, I don't know, there's, it's, I guess it's a chance to interact just in general with yeah. people in a way that I've never done before, given that this is the first convention. And it's, um, you know, there's this sort of overwhelming uh, crowds of people in the entire place. But whenever you meet someone um, sort of face-to-face, it feels very personal and intimate. It's a nice mixture of, of that. Yeah. I agree. I think I think for me, the panel's always fun because you get to, you know, you get really interesting questions. I mean, these are arguably the most loyal fans of the show um, and they, they're so insightful and bright and connected. So you really, we're, obviously, we're so invested in our characters. So it's really nice to be able to, you know, to talk to them in that way. And then and then you're right, meeting them face to face and sort of getting more in depth into the shows and the characters and what they like, that kind of thing. is It's always fun. Yeah. Um, kind of the evolution of fandom over the time that you guys have been on the show and especially from your time with Lost how do you feel fandom in general has evolved and how does that affect your work? Well I mean it, it suffices to say without uh, the fandom uh, of these shows these shows just wouldn't exist you know, especially shows like, like Bates and Lost that were sort of out of, out of the box sort of out of the mainstream kind of shows that you, you truly need uh Nowadays, a really strong niche audience. There's so much programming out there, so you really have to speak to a, a specifically a specific audience and a very devout uh, viewership um, to to remain on the air. So it's thanks to them, you know, that uh, we owe all of us to them, you know, uh, that we get to do these interesting, you know, stories. And um, so, but the fandom is phenomenal. I, I, you know, these two particular shows, you know, Lost and, and, and Bates, are so character driven. I think that's largely the appeal for a lot of people is that they're hooking they're hooking to some element of a character or they identify with a certain character. And I think for me I think that's what the draw has been, uh, you know, being involved in both. Mm. Cool. No, it's um I guess it's interesting the way that it's that fans have become so much more a part of shows these days than ever before, with I guess primarily through social media, um, although that's not something that I'm on in any way. <laughs> So I guess this for me is a, you know, it is in some ways a replacement of that, of like a chance to really meet people and connect with people without, um, and I think ultimately that's the most rewarding way of, of interacting with people too, it's face to face as yeah. opposed to over, 
social media um, and I think that I don't know I think I think there's a it's also just interesting to get other people's opinions on the show and you everyone working within it has their own vision of what you're trying to create and what you're sort of imagining that people will see and it's interesting when perhaps the um, what we assume to be the most interesting thing or the most nuanced thing is is different depending on on the fan and it's nice how everyone has different experience that then enhance your own uh, your own sort of that enhance the way or change the way that you view the show that you've been that you've been working on right Um, specifically in the way that fans are telling you that you're the villain and well, no, I mean, I think it's probably an even split, but... <laughs> in Norman, fine. Perhaps in Freddy's, too. But no, I mean, so, lots of people, don't, don't get me wrong, Nesta, lots of people do like Norman. Um, oh, I'm sure one. they do. I'm sure Norman's hair, they all love him. <laughs> and he's a saint. But there were a couple of people who thought he was genuinely evil, and I just don't what see a shock. it. I, no, what a shock. I, I genuinely struggle to see we, we how were, that's possible. Th- this, is, this is very true. We were walking away... Uh, uh, for our photo op, the photos with, a, with the photo ops of the fans and, and Freddie turns and says I'm really amazed at how many people think I'm evil <laughs> how could you you kill people mercilessly under the guise of you know not knowing now and now you know you know and uh, <laughs> he's truly his own best advocate his character's own best advocate I, I feel like it, you know but but most people obviously agree that, that Romero is the one who messed everything up oh yeah sure I'm sure they're at least I try and impress that opinion upon them um, <laughs> But it's it's not actually the nicest thing someone said to me in terms of the two of us was that at the end of uh, at, at the end of season four that they were really sad when you know I brought out the ring and that you ended up punching me because they just wanted <laughs> no because they wanted the two of us to have like a real connection father son connection yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was probably optimistic but, um, I, I but it would have been a loving ending. <laughs> Well, speaking about that, um, coming into the finale, were you surprised at all at where your characters ended up, or did you kind of see it coming? It, it kept changing, from what I gather. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, uh, I mean, not the, the ultimate vision didn't change, but some of them there's some moving parts in between. And how uh, certain things happen, and how they yeah they evolve, you know, through the right. course of the season. So yeah, I was. I was surprised ultimately how, how it came together, but I think it, you know, you saw it, I th- you, mm. you thought it was very fitting and it cut together. I think it's great, um, and I think what's so interesting as well about season five is the, uh, and something that lots of people are keen to kind of ask about too over these last couple of days is the way in which Psycho the movie now gets to interact with Bates Motel mm. and these sort of two mythologies colliding and the way in which Bates Motel won't seek necessarily to exactly mirror everything that was in the movie but it's more paying enough homage to it um, and being very respectful of it and and everything kind of being inspired by it but not taking the same route or approach it's an interesting collision right right Um, what do you guys feel is the uh, the most disturbing scene that you filmed on the series oh wow I guess you're normal. That was pretty disturbing, right? When you get close and stuff. What was this? When I... Romero and Norma get close for the first time. There was, there was nothing disturbing about that. <laughs> um, um, you know, I, you know, you know. I don't know if it was disturbing, but uh, it was, it was awkward. Is having to explain to when I directed uh, uh, this episode last year, 
uh, when I had to direct my own lovemaking scene. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> it, it was it was interesting because I had, before I shot it, I had to sort of pitch it to the network, the studio, um, Carlton and Carrie, and about forty other uh, department heads. And uh, and Carlton wanted me to be very specific about the <laughs> and I was, <laughs> and it was uh, it was very funny. But uh, but those things are always awkward. But you know, it helps that, that you know we're we're. I don't know if that makes sense. That we're family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know the fun. The, the things that people would have thought were awkward, like you know Norman gets into a dress in a week this year and. That was just kind of... Second was, nature. It's all that. I guess the oddest thing was actually just me and Vera being uh, opposite each other in exactly mm. the same clothes. Yeah. So we'd sort of be this weird like double act That's following each other around and yeah. switching in and out between takes. Um, but that was good fun. That's cool. Cool, cool. Um, what was the... Uh, most challenging part over the years of playing these characters, something that like you you really learn from and you feel like you're going to take forward with you in your careers. I just I feel like we've been very lucky on the show that everyone you know the crew and and cast everyone in Vancouver has always been so uh, close and yeah. loving. I mean you you'd hope to replicate that in everything else that you go on to mm -hmm. do. Whether or not it's possible, I guess only time will tell. <laughs> but it does feel like we've had such a special group of people, and uh, it's just been exciting. Everyone's been excited to come in and and do what we get to do every single day. And there's never a moment of people not wanting to be there, and people coming back year after year. You know, in terms of the crew, when they could be doing many other yeah. things. Um, yeah, it's interesting. A lot, of, a lot of the crew sacrificed other work to be available for Bates because we would shoot at a five-month window, so they needed to be available. And some some shows would overlap, or films would overlap, and and they really chose to stick with the show. They were they were they were uh, fans of the show as, as much as we were. And um, but yeah, I think specifically in terms of the character, what what was challenging or, or was a good learning experience I, for me was not uh, just enjoying. The every element of the ride, knowing kind of where the character was going to go emotionally. So playing him, uh, I mean, I, I made a choice of never smiling, um, knowing full well that I was going to be paired up with Norma, and and having her be the reason to smile. You know, having her make you know me. So so not playing obviously the end uh, in the beginning and and sort of working my way up. I mean, I don't think my face moved much in the first. <laughs> so so a lot of it is sort of this guy hardened character and just sort of keeping that until slowly the walls kept coming down. That was a fun challenge. Cool, cool. How about for you? Um, I guess they've been different year after year. The challenges. Um, it's been it's been interesting this year, but now that it's it sort of feels like a reimagining a little bit of the show, given that Norma now, or mother as we tend to call her these days, only kind of exists <laughs> <laughs> within um, within Norman's head. So it's been it's sort of been like a restarting of of their relationship in some way. Uh, the, the, the person that Vera has been playing is fundamentally very different now. Right. Um, but she's excellent. I mean, it's been, I guess that's been a, a bigger thing for her than, than for adjustment. anyone else, but she's managed to really reinvent mm -hmm. that character in a, uh, in a whole new way this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'm a huge fan of y'all's show, so I want to know what you guys are a huge fan of. What are you guys nerding out over right now? 
Um, well, I binged uh, The Night Of, which I, I totally nerded out of. I thought that was pretty brilliant. Yeah, um, it's really well done. So well done. Dark, and uh, but really well done and beautifully shot. And, yeah, every element of that was, was pretty phenomenal for me. That was the, what first popped into my head. And then, Night Of. You know, no, it's a, it's sure. it's gone and yeah, Stella just head. like a Stella Norman. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I did like that I thought, well, if we both choose the same thing, at least we'll end on like a happy note. Yeah, well, you know, we both like, chose Norma, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems fitting. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Yes, I appreciate you. your time. Wasn't that great, you guys? Awesome. Very good. <laughs> nice job, Emma. Very cool. <laughs> thank you. Um, so that was actually recorded um, in London at uh, Walker Stalker Con back in March. And uh, that was Freddie Highmore's first convention he had ever been to. And if you've tried to find him on social media, you may realize he's not on social media, as he said in the interview, which is um, kind of crazy. That He's got to get with the times. Yeah. Man. He's just, I wish I could have done like a whole separate interview with him, like asking why he's not. Um, because I feel like the celebrities that aren't on it have, you know, um, like it's a, it's a talking point and they feel very strongly about it. And I'm just kind of interested in, in their views as to why not, because you are a brand, you know, and trying to, to even just promote your work. I, you know, but I understand from the privacy standpoint and all of that and, you know, not wanting to, to put it all out there. Um, Or just freeing, I would imagine, like social media can be so overwhelming. It can just be. Just to not have to worry about posting or seeing what people are saying or all that, I can imagine just being yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I will I will say this about um, Bates Motel. Um, one of the best promotions I've ever seen was when I went to South By three years ago and they had built a Bates Motel um, in Austin and you could stay there uh, overnight, which I did not do. But um, it was an amazing. I mean, it looked exactly like the Bates Motel. It had that. They even had the neon sign, and it was all temporary. It's only there for for South by. Could you like spy on people who were staying there? I uh, <laughs> no, I don't know whether you could. You might have. I don't That'd know. Be creepy. <laughs> I d- I did meet somebody that stayed there, and he said it was a really weird experience, and he kept hearing things, and he didn't know whether or not they you know they were purposely making noises or whether or not it just the place was just creepy and <laughs> noises were being made well i feel like you should have stayed there because i want to know what it would have been like but <laughs> oh well um well, transitioning from a conversation where one of the uh, the stars had no social media presence to someone who is very active on social media, um, Josh McDermott, uh, who of course <laughs> plays Eugene on The Walking Dead, and um, I'm not like I I don't do a really good job at like following people on Twitter um, if it doesn't show up in my stream, but um, Josh's Insta videos, his Instagram live feed is hysterical, and you, his Insta. You just- follow Josh in real life though don't you (laughs) I do I do just follow as you will hear in this interview when he recalls seeing me in a Chipotle um but (laughs) I've (laughs) I just I see Josh everywhere um but it's cool because now we've talked about it and it's going to be less weird when I say hey to him in person um (laughs) 
because, you know, yeah, it's you travel with these conventions and you get to know all of these actors in the context of the convention. And then when you see them outside the convention, um, a lot of times they don't remember you, but they're like, oh, that person looks kind of familiar. (laughs) Um, So you just don't say anything because you want to avoid awkward moments, or at least I want to avoid awkward moments. But Apparently, I've made it like I made, had made it way more awkward with Josh because he totally remembered who I was and was like, "Why is this girl not saying hello to me?" <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, um, without further ado, um, here is my interview with Josh McDermott, really focusing on um, one of the episodes from last season of The Walking Dead, where Eugene was the uh, the kind of focus of the episode. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about Eugene brings the sexy. Eugene brings the sex. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, basically, when um, I was doing Talking Dead and they had um, they had the clip for next week's episode, and it was like Michonne and Rick on a, you know, they were scavenging for stuff and making love throughout the clip, and I was just like, why are they not out looking for Eugene? I like, got my feelings hurt and everything, <laughs> and I was pissed, and, and um, they go, well, what do you expect them to do? Like, they're, you know, like, they just need to make love. I go, well, like, I get it. Like, maybe they are looking for him. Like, maybe Eugene brings the sex or something. It was like, I don't even know if that makes any sense. <laughs> but I said it on Talking Dead, and we laughed. Chris Hardwick's like, that's got to be on a T-shirt. And next thing you know, he calls me up, and he's like, let's put that on a T-shirt. So we did, and now we're selling it um, as a T-shirt. And it's, um, you can get it at, like, respectthemullet.com. But uh, it. <laughs> it's just silly. I don't know. It's it's funny because I've seen a lot of people this week, this weekend have their, they've made their own shirts that say Eugene brings the sex. And, I mean, that's just like I don't know. For all the times you can calculate and say something that you're like, oh, this will catch on. It doesn't. And then you just say something, you vomit something out of your mouth that makes zero sense. And people are like, no, it's trending. I get it. <laughs> exactly. I may have seen you at Chipotle once too. I saw you there. <laughs> Well, I, again, like, out of context, I want you to be like, who is this girl who I keep seeing around? <laughs> um, uh, so your science experiments uh, in the last episode, was that the most scared you've been on set? Probably. Um, there were, um, you know, because we were exploding these hydrogen balloons. Yeah. And I was supposed to hold the candle up next to the balloon, and it didn't explode right away. I, was, I held it a little too far. And so it like created this pin-sized hole in the balloon, and so the hydrogen was leaking out like a blowtorch, and then it singed the string that it was on, and then it just started flying around and almost like landed on me, and I was freaking out, and everybody was laughing, and I was like, no, like I have to protect the mullet, you know, number one, and I don't know, I've just learned that anytime something goes wrong when you're doing like a special effect like that don't stick around and assume it's going to be okay because you calculate for you know safety and that sort of thing and when things go wrong it's like well get the hell out of there so that's what i did and they were laughing i was like okay all right, I'd like one of these things to fly in your face and we'll see who's laughing. I felt like you walked away from it very calmly, though, in what they showed. I would have been, like, running away, like, after... Well, yeah, I mean, I was able to do the... Like, we tested it out, and when it works perfectly, it's it's just a quick little fireball, and it's, you know, it's no big deal. And I thought, you know, okay, well, that's how it's going to go, and we did it a bunch of times, but, you know, as a test. Right. And once we started filming, it never goes according to plan. Yep. And that's when <laughs> it's just like, oh, my gosh. But that's, we did a special effect 
in season five when the, the bus flipped over and caught on fire. Mm-hmm. And they said they ran all these gas lines through the bus and they, it was a controlled burn. They turned it on very slow. And apparently something happened. The line wasn't purged right or whatever. The whole bus went up in flames really quick. Mm-hmm. And we could basically only get that in one take. And it's really hard because I'm the bus is on fire behind me. My back's on fire because it's so hot. And I'm having to keep a straight face and have this, like, talk with Abraham. Because the other thing is we shot everything without the bus on fire. So everybody's just talking normally. Right. Because we assumed it was going to be a little flame. But then all of a sudden, it's this huge, giant fireball. <laughs> and I'm trying to match the tone that we had before. And it was really freaking hard to be like, I just think we should go this way. You know, when it's said, I want to be like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and if you, if you go back and watch that clip... Lauren Cohen is in that and she's like bumping into me and like mumbling stuff like hurry we got to get out of here because she was afraid that the whole thing was going to go down and it's kind of funny because I think people are focused on me because I'm talking but if you look at Lauren she's, she's like, like uncomfortable. freaking out <laughs> and it's the only take we had so that's all we could use <laughs> I love it I love it um, at this point in the series what do you feel Eugene's motivation is and how do you think being around um, you know Negan's whole group now is going to change that or change well, his motivation has been and always will be to survive. Um, he's kind of a selfish guy. I mean, he'll look, he'll look out for others, but as long as he's taken care of first, you know. Um, I think a lot of people would be like that in the apocalypse, to be honest. But, you know, now that he's with Negan's group and he's pledged, pledged his allegiance there, uh, you know, that certainly hasn't changed. He's still looking to survive. And, right. You know, why not align yourself with the apex predator and and go from there, you know, people are asking me, like, is this a, um, is this a ruse, like, is he sandbagging it, Trojan horsing it, and I, it's, I don't know, I'm not going to ask, like, as far as I'm concerned, he's Negan, right. and he could do some bad things if, if asked, you know, that's just where, where we stand, and I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? He's staying alive. Yeah, know? yeah. I, I like where that's going, and I kind of I want to see where how that evolves Eugene. Like I feel like it's going to be a really interesting like evolution of his kind of character and demeanor being yeah. Megan. Yeah, I mean he's like I said, he's always been one. You know, he's looking out for himself. He wants to be left alone and that sort of thing. But I also think that that situation is great in Alexandria in that. Um, They've always kind of been like, well, Eugene's off in the corner doing his own thing. Who cares? But when you're with Negan, he's going to put you to work. Yeah. I I just don't think there's any, like, living on easy street. You know what I mean? It's it's still going to be a challenge, and a lot of his choices are going to um, come back, and he's going to be faced with them. Right. Um, Well, last question for you, because I know you need to go. Um, Can you talk at all about Twin Peaks? Anything about it? I can't. They're even more secretive than... um, the Walking Dead. Really? In fact, yeah, I get an email like once a week. I shouldn't even say this, but they're like, remember. <laughs> don't say don't anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> and um, there's people, just because they released a cast list of everybody involved, and a lot of people involved, and um, every there's a bunch of people on there that I know, and even we don't talk about it with each other. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it was that Serious secretive. Stuff. I, and to be honest... It's not like I have a lot of information. I did it and still don't know what you really what did. What was going on? <laughs> um, you know, they kept a lot of stuff from us. They 
which is fine, you know. Yeah. I'm happy with it, but it was really cool to, to be a part of that. Were you a sure. fan of the original? I mean, I remember, like, my parents, I think I might have been too young. I remember my parents were really into it, and, like, I would hear adults talking about it, and I was, like, 12 years old or 10 years old when it came out, and um, so I didn't get it. But I do love David Lynch, yeah. and I've gone back and started watching it. In fact, I started watching it before I, I was offered the job, so, um, and then I just stopped. No time. <laughs> are you a big fan of it? I am. People are going nuts. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a big cool. deal. Yeah. And that was my interview with Josh. Were you in that episode at all, Matt? I... The Eugene one? No, I wasn't a part of that one, unfortunately. I, uh, try. And I wasn't either. No, I, I wasn't either, so. No, yeah. I, I was, page. <laughs> I was more Hilltop stuff, so. Yeah, I guess they didn't do yeah. Hilltop in that episode. Um, it's a few back, so they're all kind of, all of last season is kind of blurring together. Yeah. Um, they're, they're gearing up to film. I think they start filming again in May, is what yeah. I've heard. Usually, um, with the past seasons, they've gone into pre-production the end of April, and they started filming again in May, so, so. Um, that that sounds about right, so I look forward to running into Josh multiple times <laughs> in Atlanta and actually being able to be like, hey, what's up? Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I've been growing my hair out in the hopes that they call me back, because Eduardo still lives, so. You'll be hopefully back. Hopefully, they'll, they'll need some stand-in work for him. Yeah, yeah, and of course, I guess you're not going to be able to talk about it if they do call you back. No. But um, we'll uh, we'll hear about it after it airs yeah. in October. <laughs> Seems um, like so far away. It does, but it's going to be here before we know it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of things that are coming up, like October, um, I do have a uh, another event which I also need to promote that I have not really started promoting yet. Um, and I don't even know if I've told you guys about it. Maybe I have. Um, it is called Comet Cosplay. It is going to be the first Monday of every month at um, the Comet Bowling Alley in Decatur. And as you guessed, probably by the name and where it's at, it is going to be bowling while in cosplay. So um, we're still <laughs> ironing out all the details with it. Um, but the first one is going to be totally free to come and do. And then after that, we're actually going to put together our own little league. It will be an unofficial league because um, we did a lot of research into planning leagues. And it's actually really complicated um, to get something officially entered as a league. So um, anyways, we're going to have unofficial leagues and people can um, buy memberships and all to that. And awesome. there'll be drink deals, and we have the uh, the Star Trek beer is um, our sponsor for May. So um, there's going to be a good, fun, nerdy time, and it's a partnership between uh, FanBolt and Nerdlanta. So lots of good people. Um, probably not lots of great bowling, because I personally suck at it, but it'll be a great time. <laughs> Do you actually have to come and cosplay? Uh, you don't have to. But I mean, you know, it's encouraged, strongly it's, encouraged, it's strongly encouraged. Um, I don't we're still trying to figure out how we're going to have like winners and, and what that is actually going to mean. Um, but yeah, it's strongly encouraged, at least come in like a nerdy shirt or something. Um, but yeah, that'll be the, the first Monday in May. And um, aside from that, on a, a sad note, um, 
but a rather funny note. Um, you guys know that I had a, a really cool relationship with Kia last year um, and got to drive around a new car and then got to kind of see what life was like with someone that had a modern car versus um, my 96 RAV4, which officially bit the dust yesterday. So, Aww. yeah, I know. But the good people at Toyota are going to take good care of me, and I'm going to get to talk all about my experience driving a 2017 Prius here soon. Mm. So, nice. um, yeah. That's a pretty I'm, decent upgrade. Yeah. Of course, you won't be able to drive anywhere here in Atlanta yeah, I know. because the, the city is literally falling apart. This is true. It's uh, there was like another road that like caved in up at Johns Creek yesterday, or not yesterday? It's two days ago, right after the twenty incident. And I was just like, oh my god, I'm so glad that like I don't have to drive anywhere right now because this is this is getting it's bad. Crazy. It's on the <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they closed out a portion of Fifth uh, Street today because of another sinkhole. Yep. It's karma. Ha. ha! That's a good one. Zing. Carmageddon. <laughs> um, well, cool. Um, do you guys have anything to tease for, for next week or the upcoming weeks? I don't even know what's going um. on this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Boom. What about you, Mike? I'm trying to th- what movies do we have coming out? Uh, that's what I was looking for. Um, well, this... <clears throat> starting today, starting Friday, you also uh, got a couple other films that are that are releasing. Uh, Unforgettable uh, with uh, Catherine Heigl is in it, um, and then also The Promise, which has Kristen Bale and um, Oscar Isaac uh, both getting released um, today. What about The Lost City of Z? Have you guys seen that's, that one? That's coming out, and I've I've seen it. Yeah, um, I'm actually. Um, We'll have seen it by today. Um, I'm actually watching it one, on the day that we're uh, recording this on. Uh, is that tonight, that screening? No, I've got a, a screener. I missed the screener. Oh, I gotcha. Um, they only screened it at the Atlanta Film Festival, I believe. Uh, yeah, Matt, Matt chose that film over uh, the over Sound and Vision. <laughs> over <Yes>. a party. <laughs> um, well, cool. Um, I... I feel like some of that shot in Ireland, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm trying to look through really quickly because I feel like some people were talking about how they were there for filming. Um, don't hold me to that. I'll do some research and we'll talk about it next week if that's the case. Um, but yeah, so there there are some some stuff, some other things coming out, other options coming out this week. and A lot of films to choose from. A lot of films to choose from. Um, and of course, if you're wanting to stay home and watch something awesome, The Leftovers came back on um, HBO, and it's just as depressing as season one and two, but it's so good. It's so, so good. And they're coming out with little pop finals of The Leftover characters, which I'm super excited by. So Nice. I still need um, to watch that show. It's really, really good. And, and about by the a million other shows. <laughs> Yeah, well, but you know, it's HBO. Like, HBO is, and it's going to run right into the uh, the Game of Thrones um, premiere, so it's um, kind of like a, a pregame. Perfect for, transition. Yeah, perfect transition. One happy show to another happy show. <laughs> and then one of my favorite, one of my favorite shows also started this week, which is Fargo on FX, um, which I had to think the, the, the first two seasons were just amazing, and the fact that they did different storylines um 
in different time periods was and the quality was just as good as the first season the second season was so i'm i'm really looking forward to to watching this season fx is another network that um it's just consistently putting out good good stuff i still Um, need to watch legion too like i've heard amazing things about legion on fx it's kind of all over the place from what i've seen um but I'm not an I'm not an expert in in Legion. I know there's a lot of people that are well versed in the the backstory with with everything that it's based on, and I am mm-hmm. not one of those people, so I won't pretend to be. But <laughs> just like I a NASCAR was, fan, just like a NASCAR fan, I'll I'll admit it. But anyways, um, so that's our our show for this week, and we'll have uh, we'll have something next week. It'll be awesome. Just it will have my NASCAR, well, NASCAR review, recap. which is yeah, that's gonna that be, will be amazing. Awesome. Um, so yeah, please, uh, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter for all of that fun stuff this weekend. And I'll be taking over auto traders account at some point to do something. So (laughs) it'll be great. So please, please watch. Um, but until then, uh, thank you guys for listening again. My name is Emma Loggins, editor in chief of fanbolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with LastOneToLeadTheTheater.com and ATLCW.TV. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.